It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Remember how it tastes distinctly. Pickle. I may have to get one more before it's all said and done. So there it is. Inconceivable to close out hour number one. Hour number two coming up next. Light the tower on the horn. Live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Horns 24-7 insider Jeff Howe on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Bamboozled, led astray. Yeah, that story I read on the uh, McRib was a, turns out it was a, a hoax. Oh. It was not legit. It was a satirical piece. Doesn't change the fact, though, that, like, I Googled something else about the McRib. I'm not kidding you, Snoop. Somebody wrote an article. One of the health websites said, loving the McRib is not good for your heart. Yeah. Why, why would anybody think it was? That's not the point of eating the McRib. Right. You don't eat the McRib to care what's in it. Eat the McRib to satisfy because your hunger. Because it's tasty. You know, you know who taste. eats McRibs? People like me love the McRib. <laughs> Does it look like I'm that concerned with... Watching my figure, if I'm eating the McRib, no. We can eat healthier, but I can and I should, and I try to. What do you like to eat when you're eating healthy? What do you like not don't distaste or detest? Uh, The hardest part for me on eating healthy is like snacks during the day, right? Because your meals or your core meals aren't going to fill you up. Like I have no problem like for dinner, going like Elaine from Seinfeld and eating a big salad. Like, I'll do that. I'll do that for lunch, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, but it's like snacks throughout the day, like finding yeah. stuff like, you know, uh, like various nuts are good for you. Fruit. Vegetables is the big one for me. It's like trying to load up on vegetables. I'm not a big veggie guy. What's what's your go-to on the veggie front? Snow so, peas. Well, that was random. Yeah. <laughs> it is. That's my go-to for, for veggies is snow peas. Uh, that's what usually what I get. I don't know. Uh, they're high in antioxidants, and uh, yeah, I don't mind green beans. But like, if they're the like fancy green beans that are all hard, that are closer to asparagus than green beans, I don't like those. Or be- de- beans aren't vegetables, are they? No. I see. I'm not down with beans. Shut up. No, no. I hate. Well, I will eat black. Like if I go to Chipotle, black beans, and get a bowl, I'll put some black beans on there. Mm-hmm. Like the roasted veggies at Chipotle too. The- Pep- peppers and onions. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, or just eat sleep for dinner. <laughs> I'm glad that you uh, like that saying because I say that often. Huh, not what? as much anymore, but. What saying? Going to eat sleep for dinner. Yeah. Never heard that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said eat some jerky. Yeah. I, I sure is hungry. Got to watch out for the sodium in the jerky, though. So it's good we can get a little health talk in addition to our McRib talk. Shout out to John High from Fox 7, by the way. What's he doing? Message me to. Let us know that we had him rolling in the car talking about frogs and I forgot What's up, what your, Mr. High? forgot what your frog line was, but between the frog son? the frog talk and the McRib talk, we had, we had John High rolling. <laughs> his son is is a hooper. I hope he's he's balling somewhere at somebody's college because that kid could could hoop. 
hoop for Maynard for a minute. Uh, Specs text line is open 337-3776. Text <laughs> says, you pretty much said to hell with your 50s anyway when you went through the McDonald's drive-thru. I mean, yeah, it's like it's not if you're going to McDonald's, if you're going to pretty much any fast food place to eat, you're kind of throwing caution to the wind on the health front, you know. You can find healthy options on various menus. I don't think McDonald's is necessarily one of them. I did it for like 20 years before I could afford real food. Man, did McDonald's not used to have the best dollar menu? Yeah, I mean. There was I, a time when they did. Like, Wendy's is the traditional answer. Like, who had the best dollar? Yes. Back when stuff was legitimately a dollar. Wendy's. Yeah, Wendy's had the best dollar menu by far. McDonald's got there at one point, and then the dollar menu was no more. But, yeah, when you're when you're balling on a budget, sometimes, like, a couple double cheeseburgers and a soda would just... Were you ball on a budget for 20 years? <laughs> no, when I was in college, though, God. like I said, back back in the days where... You I'm know, worried. Back in the days where it was, uh, I was eating hamburger helper without the hamburger. Yeah, that's okay. Just eating helper. Yeah. That's, uh, right. Jeff Mudd says, I was foolishly under the impression that the McRib was composed of rib meat. McRib nothing. It's the McFib. Yeah, so it's whatever. It's still... It's still good tasting, though. Um, we'll get back to the Texas football talk here in a little bit. Uh, I've got some stuff I want to finish up. Really, I, I want to go back and look at one statistical area that I like. And I've seen some people uh, in the advanced statistics community, some people love it, some people don't. Uh, could do without it. That's looking at the middle eight, that last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half. And I guess you can skew that, and, and, and it can it can mislead you at times, but – uh, the success of Texas in the middle eight when the Longhorns have won games and the success in the middle eight or lack thereof when they've lost games, uh, for Texas, the middle eight makes a big difference. So I do want to take a look at that when we get an opportunity to do that coming up in the next hour. Also, we've got our Flex 30 update coming up in the next segment. Snoop will uh, get the rundown for you on what we've got going on on the high school football scene tonight and maybe start to take a little sneak peek, a little look at uh, what's going on tomorrow. Obviously, Lake Travis – Round Rock, the matchup on Bally Sports Southwest is going to be the probably the big matchup, the most uh, heavily publicized matchup in our area. And here to talk more with us about high school football in and around our fair burg uh, is the managing editor, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, joining us for his weekly visit. He is Greg Tepper. Tep, I, I want to start not with uh, not with high school football, but with a uh, with a Simpsons question because I know if there's anybody that can answer this, it's you. Finally, we ran Craig out of the paint. We can talk about really matters. Yeah. Um, what was the name of the episode where Bart made the prank phone call to Australia and they had to go to Australia to settle the dispute? I believe it was Bart versus. Uh, I think it's called Bart versus Australia. Okay. Um, I think that's. I I, I want to say that's it. I was thinking about that the other day because that was the deal where they were at the Australian embassy and Homer was strouting the line and kept going. I'm in Australia, America, Australia, America, and that guard yeah. punched him in the face. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is Bart versus Australia. That is, that is correct. It was uh, season episode one nineteen. There you go. It's awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I would love to talk Simpsons and other nonsense, Tep, but we got to talk a little high school football. I mentioned the game on Bally Sports Southwest. Uh, Lake Travis and Round Rock, uh, Tep. I know you've had a chance to dig into this one. It's uh, it was Snoop's top road trip on his matchup. The game he said he's most intrigued with. I think a lot of people in the area are intrigued with it, uh, especially with Lake Travis uh, not playing a game last week. Their game against Bowie was canceled due to weather. Uh, what's top of mind for you in this uh, Lake Travis Round Rock matchup? 
Yeah, it's a fascinating matchup, and and there's questions that we're not used to asking about Lake Travis entering this game. You know, most notably uh, at the quarterback spot, because I think that for the first time in what feels like a long time, Hank Carr's got a real quarterback conundrum on his face or on on, on his hands. You know, you take a look at at the fact that Bo Edmondson appears to be healthy, appears to be ready, but at the same time, he hadn't played much at all this year. Uh, Caden Leon has stepped up, and I thought been very solid and really, really, you know, guided, guided this offense uh, in a way that has gotten them to this point, gotten them into the playoffs. Uh, has it been as big time explosive as, as it has been in the past? No, but I, I also don't think that that's necessarily entirely his fault. Uh, but Bo Edmondson's the senior. He was the returning starter this year, but he also hasn't played all that much this year. So, so which way is he going to go? I think that's fascinating. Uh, one of the big questions I have is going to be how round rock, attack this Lake Travis defense, which I think has overall been pretty good. Uh, I think a lot of this has to come down to Mason Cochran, uh, their, their, uh, their quarterback, who has been so good, not just throwing the ball and not just running the ball, but using his legs to extend the play, escape pressure, and keep his eyes downfield. That's, I think, going to be really important because I don't think he's going to be able to run for 250 yards on Lake Travis. What I do think he may be able to do is extend that play, escape the pocket, and then throw the ball for 15 yards and turn a a potential sack into a first down. That's really important, I think, for both sides. It can Lake Travis contain Mason Cochran and can Mason Cochran escape that contain. Uh, And then the other side of it is, is, and one thing I'm really interested in is, uh, the home field advantage aspect of it, you know, Round Rock's been really good at home. Round Rock's 14 and three over the last three seasons at Dragon Stadium. It's very good. Lake Travis, three of their four losses have come away from from Cavalier Stadium. Uh, this is a, but at the same time, this is the playoffs. And does home field advantage in the playoffs actually matter? Um, that's something that I'm really intrigued by uh, going into this game. We're gonna get a lot of answers. Uh, to, to that and 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 yeah, I think it's a fascinating game. I think it's one of the games of the week uh, across the state of Texas in the bio district round uh, of of the playoffs. And I, I'm fascinated to see how it unfolds because I think it I think it could really go a variety of different ways. Tep, I want to go to six A Division two, and I want to go to Region four. Uh, we had Drew Sanders, the Vandergrift head coach, on with us in the first hour, uh, and just looking at this bracket for for both Vandergrift and Dripping Springs. If anybody's going to trip them up before you know, what it looks like they're, they're on a collision course to meet in, in the state quarterfinals for that regional championship, if anybody's going to trip either one of them up, who is it? Yeah, it's a great question because I do think that both of them enter as, um, let's say, co-favorites, right? Let's say co-favorites out of to come out of Region Four down there. In, in I think that the Austin area is going to be the uh, uh, is going to be the, the power nexus of uh, Region Four. But when you take a look and when you zoom out, if you're talking about biggest threats to there. Um, I would say there's there's two, maybe three. Two of one of one. First, it brings to mind San Antonio Brandeis out of there in the San Antonio area. That's a program that's had success. The Broncos have really kind of gotten their wheels on after a couple of shaky uh, early games. Uh, that's a team that's playing particularly well, uh, and they could see Dripping Springs in a second round matchup if Drip could get past Maynard. That's that's one of them. The other one that I'm very interested in uh, it would be San Antonio Harlan. Uh, Harlan, I think, has a really clear path to region to the regional semifinals. They're going to play Del Rio, and they're going to play a team from the Rio Grande Valley, either Edinburgh and Westerco. They'll be favorites in either one of those games. That's a solid team um, that I think has an opportunity to play spoiler. The other team in this mix, I think, would be Converse Judson. Now, Judson's got an ugly record. I want to say they're like four and six or something like that. But 
Uh, they are the pedigreed program down there. They've got Mark Soto, who's one of the better coaches, I think, in Texas high school football. And they have the ability to turn it on when it counts. And, and for a second-round matchup for, for Vandegrift, again, if they were to get past Bowie, then I think that Judson could pose, pose some problems. You know, make, some, make no mistake, I think that you're spot on in your, your analysis that Drip and Vandegrift are the two favorites, and the third on that list might be Maynard if they, get, if they yeah. can beat Maynard with Dripping Springs. But uh, I think that if you're looking for a spoiler, it's probably going to come from the Alamo City somewhere. Ted, we've got a question on the, uh, on the Specs text line. Wanting you to spend a minute or two on the big school favorites from Region 1 entering the playoffs. Yeah, okay. So Region 1 is actually really interesting in 6A Division 1 because I think that – so 6A Division 1 in, in, in Region 1, it, the question every year is how things are going to break and how things are going to um, – oh, who's going to go D1, who's going to go D2. And I actually think this year in Region 1 of 6A D1, I think that's the weaker bracket uh, compared to Division 2 because over there in Division 2, you are going to have to deal uh, with teams like South Lake Carroll. You're going to have to deal with Denton Guy. You're going to have to deal with Highland Park. Um, that is, I think, really, really intriguing. At the big school level, the teams that I really like coming out of that bracket would be uh, a team like Prosper. Prosper, I think, has played particularly well. They finished the year with a nice win over Allen. Um, Allen, of course, has to be in that mix, but they got a very tough first-round matchup with Louisville, and I think, I think they're in big trouble in that game. Um, there are two other teams that spring to mind. One you, you probably have heard of in, in Arlington Martin. I like this Arlington Martin team. Uh, they do not have the best history of performing in the playoffs, which gives me some pause. Uh, but their 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 defense and special teams are going to keep them in a lot of games. And the other game, the other team is maybe a team we haven't talked about in a long time. And that's North Crowley. North Crowley's ten and zero. Ray Gates in his first year there, he was a longtime assistant at Cedar Hill. Now he's getting a spe- uh, chance to be a, a head football coach, and they are fantastic. They've got a big time tight end named Jacorian Pimpton, who's a top one hundred recruit. He's a star out there, and they're physical defensively. They're ten and zero, and they they're going to po- pose some problems in there in Region One. So I would I take a look at this, and and, and I think it's a, a relatively wide open region. Um, Louisville, the winner of that Louisville Allen game, I think has an opportunity to make a deep run. Uh, but it is it is interesting that that uh, you know in past years it's kind of been like, well, who's going to beat Allen or who's going to beat South Lake or anything like that. That doesn't exist in the six A Division One bracket in Region One this year. Tep, I want to go to the Valley. Uh, I know we don't spend a ton of time talking about the Valley. Uh, in you know, if a Valley team gets to the third round, you know, fourth round, will you know, and typically uh, for Austin area teams, that third week of the playoffs is usually Valley week. Not even big school, small school. Tep, is there anybody from the Valley that you think can make a really good run at getting to Arlington? Yeah, I think there's two, and I think they're in the same bracket. Um, and it's 5A Division One. go to Region 4. Uh, down there, there's two teams in particular, PSJA North and Edinburgh Vela. Um, this is twofold. One, both those teams are really good. I think they're just really good ball clubs. Uh, Edinburgh Vela's only loss in the year is to PSJA North, who's 10-0. Um, and they have been dominating people down there in the Rio Grande Valley. I mean, crushing fools. PSJA North defense has been fantastic. Edinburgh Vela has this really explosive offense. They played to a 28-21 thriller back in like week four or so, which was, uh, and, and, and we may end up getting a rematch there. And, and, and I know what I'm saying. The, the, so the real question is going to be in the area round because the area round, Edinburgh Vela is almost certainly going to play a Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial and PSJA North is almost certainly going to play Corpus Christi Miller. Those two teams out of Corpus, Vets, and Miller, those are the 
th- th- those four teams, those two Valley teams and those two Corpus teams, those are the four best teams in the region. That's, those are the teams that can win the region. And so if you're talking about, there's maybe one other team we can talk about in a moment, but that is, you could be talking about uh, two, I, I think there's a fair chance we get a, a, an all Rio Grande Valley regional final. Wow. Two teams, Edinburgh Vale versus PSJ North. So we're talking about a team in a state semifinal. I think part of it is that the region is kind of weak, uh, especially two districts, the top two districts, District 13, or rather uh, District 15, District 16, uh, and particularly District 15, you know, I'm sorry, District 13, and District, uh, District 13 is the San Antonio district, and it's just, it's just, it's like San Antonio ISD, it's not particularly good. Uh, and then there is a couple of other teams from the Rio Grande Valley in that same region that I think are dangerous. Nobody's really talking about Brownsville Veterans Memorial, but that's a very dangerous squad that has played very well. Uh, I think if you look there in Region Four, I think we're going to have a team come out of there. I think I think that both both Vela and PSJA North are going to be favored in those games next week against Corpus Christi schools, and I think there's a really good chance we see a team from the Rio Grande Valley playing uh, 48 minutes away from Arlington. Now, I think they'd be underdogs to Region Three, but at the same time, what a remarkable run that would be if they could get to that state semifinal. Um, and, and really make some history. I don't believe it's happened since 1990 uh, that, that we've had a team from the Rio Grande Valley get to uh, get to a state semifinal. Oh, yeah, that would that would be awesome to, to see that. I know people in the Valley love their football, and uh, that's something that I, that's always top of mind for me as we get into the playoffs. Tep, uh, I think we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, give me something to look for. I love my small school football. Give me uh, something kind of class. Let's go 4A and below. Outside of the usual suspects, something I can really sink my teeth into. Okay, if you're looking for kind of a sleeper, or you're looking for some sort of fun story, um, I think that there's there's a few different places that you could go. Uh, especially, I want to direct you to particular regions. Okay, I want to direct you to region uh, class three A, division one, region two, where you're going to be dealing with teams like Pottsboro. Like Mineola, Jefferson. Mineola's got an unbelievable player named Dawson Pendergrass. I think he's a Baylor commit. And I watched this game. Uh, they, they had a win and end game against Commerce in the, in, in, on Saturday night. Um, that it was the last game, and, we, and so we were waiting for it to go final. And so we watched it to finish the brackets. And so we were watching Commerce and Mineola. And let me tell you about this. Mineola is, or I'm sorry, Mineola is a, is a fairly average high school football team that has this like assassin at running back who's like unbelievable. He's running probably 300 yards again. He's the state's leading rusher. So Mineola is really interesting, tough matchup with them. But in that same region, you're dealing with Grandview, West. Mount Vernon and Tatum's a great first-round matchup. Malakoff, Atlanta, and Winsboro is a great first-round matchup. So that is one thing that I would keep, keep an eye on. In that same bracket, I think you have the biggest chance for a defending state champ to go down tomorrow night as Lorena, the defending three-division one-state champs, take on Columbus. That's a real dangerous test there uh, for them. And then, I'm gonna, of course, I'm going to throw this out there. There's a great six-man game. Okay? Yes. <laughs> 7.30. 7.30 p.m. Uh, it's Friday night at Ro- in, in Robert Lee. You've got Westbrook, the defending 1A Division I state champs, taking on Garden City. This is a rematch of a game back in week five, which was Westbrook's only loss. Their only loss of the year was to Garden City, 46-42 in week five. Uh, of course, Garden City beat Westbrook last year, made a whole one worth a whole hill of beans because Westbrook went and won a state championship. And so this is a fascinating rematch. How hard it's hard to beat a good team twice. 
Uh, but Garden City is clearly they're built to do that. I think that game is fascinating. So from a small school perspective, if you're looking for one game tomorrow night, it would be uh, Westbrook and Garden City, which is just a fascinating six-man game. Beautiful, beautiful. Tep, what uh, what duties have you drawn for the uh, for the Lake Travis Round Rock game? Uh, I'm on pre-half and post, so I'll be chained to the desk per usual, uh, missing Craig per usual, and uh, and then, yeah, I'll be on High School Scoreboard Live. It'll be myself, it'll be Aaron Hardigan, it'll be our colleague Ashley Pickle uh, with uh, two hours of live high school football highlights to round out your night tomorrow night. Hey, I, I know we, we ribbed them, but uh, not two better people to spend your Friday night with than, than Hardigan and Pickle. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's uh, they're. They're fine if you're into that kind of thing, I guess. <laughs> uh, we, when we went to Craig's wedding, my four-year-old thinks Aaron Hardigan is like the coolest person on the face of the earth. I, she, I've been replaced. She is, she is cool. Um, I, I hope she's not listening. I don't. I don't. She doesn't need. To, we've worked together for ten years. She doesn't need this. This uh, to, to hear me say nice things about her. Uh, get to TexasFootball.com, the uh, Tap and Step podcast. It's all there for you. Uh, playoff brackets, times and locations, everything you need to figure out. No matter, we've got listeners from all over the state on the show. Wherever mm-hmm. you are, wherever you want to go, get over to TexasFootball.com and you can find a high school football game near we, near you. And we have given you a lot of good suggestions today. He is the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. He is Greg Tepper joining us for his weekly conversation. Tep, uh have a good pre-post and uh, scoreboard show, and we'll uh, we'll do it again next week. All right, sounds good. You guys have a good show. There he is, Greg Tepper, managing editor, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Always good to talk to Tep. Always love getting the small school football snoop, going down to the Valley. You go statewide with Tep, and he can talk about it no matter where you're uh, you're talking about it. Uh, somebody says, Snoop, why did you moan when y'all mentioned small schools? I didn't moan. That was uh, Tep that moaned. He, he moaned in delight. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, del- <laughs> a delightful moan. <laughs> J- Henry from Gerald. Yes, Gerald plays Divine in the first round of the playoffs. I <laughs> see the text line. And uh, Purple Buffalo's daddy, we actually don't have the computer lines in front of us. Uh, that is, Craig is the uh, the keeper of the pigskin prep uh, FIPO lines. So I know it's the computer ranking, computer poll, whatever. I say FIPO lines in jest, but Craig's got that, so we'll try to run some of that down tomorrow. I know we've got a busy show tomorrow. Our wing folks lunch over at Pluckers. If you're one of Aaron Hogan's wingmen, we're looking forward to seeing you tomorrow for our lunch over there. Uh, Craig and I will be broadcasting live starting at 10. Doors open at 11. We're at the Pluckers Research location, at the Research location. So if you're in the the Burnett Road area, the Domain area, come over and say hi and uh, have some lunch before Texas and TCU. You've also got a chance to win Texas TCU tickets tomorrow at our Wing Folks Lunch. You must be present to win. We're going to draw for those right around 1245 tomorrow afternoon. So uh, get over to Pluckers, say hi to uh, Craig and myself. Aaron Hogan will be out there uh, with the wingmen eating lunch, but uh, come by and say hi have your picture taken with Craig, whatever you want to do, and register for Texas and TCU tickets. All right, take a break, come back. Uh, It'll be Snoop's Flex segment, and we'll get back to talking Texas football when White Town. I know you did. Back here on Light the Tower. 
Big thank you to Greg Greg Tepper, managing editor, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, joining us to talk to a little local ball, a little statewide ball. Always good to catch up with Tep. All right, got to keep it rolling. Let's go ahead and get to our Flex 30. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by... Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. All right. I do want to shout out the Eastview Patriots who are our final Clayton Construction Team of the Week. Uh, they won their... Uh, they went 1-0 last week, Jeff, after going 0-9. There you go. The weeks prior, and that's all that matters. And you know, when you go 0-9 and you end the season with the dub... You score your 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 team high on on the season, then that builds a lot of character. Eastview had a tough season, but it made it all right with the win over Hendrickson. Congratulations, uh, the forty six to forty three win for Eastview, the first in the uh, head coaching uh, Eastview career of head coach Michael Wall. So uh, uh, celebration all around. Congrats to y'all. Uh, quickly, volleyball regional quarterfinals are this Friday. Uh, Lake Travis and Dripping Springs are two 6A representatives. Rouse and Liberty Hill and Salado are 5A and down. Also, St. Michael's is in the state semifinals, so volleyball girls doing their thing. The big deal, though, is tonight. It's uh, it's week one of the playoffs, uh, the UIL playoffs. They call it by-district round for those who are a little less you know in the know about high school sports. But the games that are tonight, Taylor at Bernie, LaGrange at Madisonville, Weiss travels to DeSoto, and then Cedar Ridge at Westlake, and also uh, Wimberley will host YMLA at a San Antonio. Um, somebody asked on the, on the Specs text line why Weiss has to drive three hours away where all the other local teams seem like they have a local matchup, and that's because Weiss is in District 12-6A. So they're grouped with Parker Heights and Waco Midway and Bryan and Coppers Cove. So all those teams in the past, they've had to go up north to play Waxahachie or Duncanville or DeSoto in round one. So now that Weiss, at least for these next two years, they're grouped with that almost super syntax grouping, a 12-6A. So this is what happens. you got to play DeSoto tonight. So that's the game I'm thinking about going to if I have enough gas money and time. But uh, that's my Flex uh, 30 segment. Big night tonight all across sports. But, oh, yeah, and last but not least, signing day yesterday. If you want to see some kids weep for joy, their parents not having to go in, in dang debt, <laughs> for school loans, student loans, or at least for the first year if they stay academically eligible after leaving home for the first semester, which I was not able to do. Uh, yeah, uh, big moments yesterday for signing days all across Central Texas uh, on our socials, FLXATX and FLXATX.com. Go relive those moments. Thank you, Snoop, for that. You're welcome. Now let's go ahead and get to the Longhorn um, Notebook. Oops, there's a little, uh, let me try that again. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Little misfire. Hey, where's my Vuvuzela, sir? That's for you, Craig. Ooh, you know what? Uh, what? Uh, on the opener for the home game uh, of the Texas uh, Longhorns, they hit that Vuvuzela thing. Oh, and I, the I, basketball I, game? Yeah, yeah, and I definitely thought of Craig. I was like, oh, I know he's just giddy right now. He's probably, like, giggling. <laughs> <laughs> Learfield needs to mix it and needs to mix that into the football broadcast. Like when Bijan scores a touchdown on Saturday, like Craig calling Bijan's like a say good night to him. Say good night to this one touchdown. And then you hear this. Oh my God. Learfield will never be the same. No. It'll be, it'll be Litfield. <laughs> yeah, Litfield. Oh my God. 
don't, don't. Did, get, I, did I really just say don't that? Don't get me started. All right, let's go ahead and talk some Texas football. <laughs> it's Texas and TCU. Uh, Longhorns 18th in the college football playoff rankings. Horn Frogs are fourth. Coming up on Saturday, 6.30 kickoff, but we get started here on the Horn at 2.30 with the Bud Light pregame on Bevo Boulevard. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Mike Harge. I was I always mess with Rod about this, Snoop, and this is one, one of the reasons why Rod Babers is one of my favorite people in the world. When I'm listening to the pregame show, I'll hear they'll come back and it'll just be Harge and E. Hogan, and I'm like, oh, Rod's taking a picture with somebody. You're talking to somebody. Because Rod Babers is a man of the people. So go say hi to Rod. Go say hi to Harge. Go say hi to E. Hogan and on Saturday. Football. Uh, they will take you up to 530 when it, the network pregame starts with Craig, Roger Wallace, and Will Matthews, and then 630 is the kickoff. I want to talk about the middle eight. Uh, I love the middle eight. It's a uh, it's Bill Conley at ESPN does a great job of tracking it. Basically tracks points, yards, those differentials, yards per play, tracks those differentials in the last four minutes of the second half and the fir- last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half. And when you look at Texas when they won this year, they've taken care of business in the middle eight. The same thing was true uh, against Kansas State uh, last weekend in Manhattan. Texas in the middle eight against K-State. My computer will cooperate here. There we go. Uh, Texas outscored K-State in that middle eight, 10 nothing. The yardage differential, Texas won 131-30. Yards per play, Texas 7.7, uh, Kansas State 4.3. Success rate, Texas 47.1, K-State 28.6. Explosive play rate, K-State did not have any explosive, play, explosive plays. Texas was only 5.9%. One turnover each. You, th- you think about it with Texas, that turnover was the Xavier Worthy fumble. Uh, early in the second half, and the turnover for K-State was the Jalen Ford interception that Texas cashed in on. You get the Ewers to Worthy touchdown. That gives you the 31-10 lead. So, all told, man, just a great close to the first half by Texas. You would have liked to have seen them start the second half hot, but that close to the first half, and Bill Conley looks at – just when he's breaking down the game, he kind of gives a synopsis of it when he does his advanced box scores – Says K State overcame a success rate disadvantage, bad field position disadvantage, and red zone awfulness, uh, but got done in by the last 95 seconds of the first half. In Texas, again, they've been so good there. I'm trying to see if I, how many of these games I can find. So West Virginia, for example, in the middle eight, Texas had the scoring edge seven nothing, the yardage edge uh, 92 to 41, a 57.1 percent success rate for Texas in the win over West Virginia. You go to the Iowa State game. The middle eight for Texas, a 10-0 scoring advantage, a 150-3 yardage advantage, 7.1 yards per play for Texas, a 61.9% success rate for the Longhorns. You go to the UTSA game, again, Texas in the middle eight, outscore UTSA 10-0. The yardage edge for Texas, 168-10. to That's 10.5 yards per play for the Longhorns, a 50% success rate, holding UTSA to a 10% success rate on offense. So that's how good. And then the Oklahoma game was more of the same. Uh, Texas with a 7 nothing scoring edge. Yardage edge, 111 to 18. 6.2 yards per play, 55.6% on the success rate. So when you look at some of the other games, like let's take a look at the Alabama game, for instance. Texas in the middle eight, they didn't score in the middle eight. Neither did Alabama. Texas had a 77 to minus four edge in total yards. But it had Texas gotten points. Where did they have a scoring opportunity in the middle eight? Burt Auburn's missed field goal right before the half where things got rushed a little bit. So the middle eight, again, people in the, in the advanced statistics community, some people like it, some people think it's useless. I tend to think 
uh, it's something worth looking at. Again, you look in the middle eight in the Texas Tech game, Texas lost the scoring edge three to nothing. They lost the yardage battle seventy three to eight. They didn't have a turnover, but what happened in the middle eight for Texas and Lubbock? That inability to get that stop early in the second half on Tech's first drive of the second half, they got the ball in plus territory, and what did they do? They went three and out. Or I'm sorry, four and out. They got stopped on fourth down. That was the Wildcat run by Roshan Johnson that got stuffed. They had a chance at that point to really create some significant separation. They couldn't do it. So you can look at Texas in in their losses where they just haven't been as clean as they've otherwise been in the middle eight. Uh, And and I I know, again, like I said, I love the statistic. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, But I think the middle eight for Texas, again, on Saturday is going to be huge. I think you're – your last drive, especially if you're in a position to where, let's say you get the ball at the end of the first half and you go down to score and then you're in a position where you get the ball at the beginning of the second half and you can create so much separation right there. So, I, again, the middle eight something that I track. I'll be tracking it again on Saturday to see how it works. Uh, again, you know, the Oklahoma State game, they they gave up a touchdown right before the half. It's just, it, 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 to me, a lot of it goes back to what happens in that eight-minute stretch can go a long way toward determining the ball game. Uh, hey, thanks, Texter, for saying no more exciting radio than reading statistics. I'm glad you took the time to text in and let me know that. Much appreciated. Thanks for listening. I uh, like stats. Well, I mean, fun. I don't know. Just just change it. Feel like it. Just change the station. You're the one taking the time to text in to, to this show. Just change the station. Seriously. Whatever. Um, I don't know. Some people just want to be miserable. But at any rate, uh, yeah, we'll continue to talk Texas and TCU tomorrow. Don't, our, our two Longhorn notebooks tomorrow. Hey, he's talking Th- about the middle eight, fool. <laughs> three key matchups to watch, <laughs> three keys to a Longhorn victory. I'll also give my prediction. You can go to Horns 24-7 right now and get our staff predictions. I give my prediction there. Uh, so you can go get that right now if you want to check out the site or just wait and I'll give it tomorrow on the air. Uh, Chad might make me give it too, and I'm on with Chad and Zay today at 105. But Are, are you there uh, every Thursday at 1? Every Thursday at 105. Okay, yeah, I'm having to do it on the phone this week because I got some errands to run before the basketball game tonight, Texas and Houston Christian at the Moody Center. Snoop, you going to the game tonight? I might because I think I could get, I could probably probably get into this one a little easier. I did, I went last week. Yeah. Oh well, I probably have to hit up Craig, but I think Craig is he's preoccupied. Craig. So I, I don't know. Craig. Craig. <laughs> Craig, give me your seats, Craig. I'm, oh my co- God. I'm I'm coming, Craig. I'm coming, Craig. I mean, I hope if he, if he gives me that seat, that lady's in front of me again. Good Lord. Oh man, she didn't have a ring on her finger either, so that was lovely. Holly, she and she and I forgot was she an older lady? I couldn't. You know what? She looked older, but she was like adorned, like head to toe, in like Longhorn gear. Okay, you know, side. So you know, so obviously she likes the Longhorns, but she was looking at like the rosters for UTEP. I think she was checking out the guys for UTEP, which made me gave me pause because you know I'm not six eight and. Two twenty. Hey, hey, like, oh, his guy six eight. Like, you talked. You talked about. Uh, <laughs> you talked about not being able to spread the love. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe uh, blessing the mood, Snoop. That's a good way for you yeah. to spread the love. Yeah. Well, well, if I don't wind up going to try to get to DeSoto to cover Weiss. Uh, female listener number seventeen. Uh, are y'all wearing jorts tonight? I'm gonna be honest. I don't own a pair of jorts, and I don't think I've owned a pair of Jeff jorts. Just made fun of my jorts. Then I make fun of your jorts. Remember the other day, he's like, hey, nice jean shorts. I'm like, they're cool. I, I didn't make fun of your jorts. I thought you did. Maybe no, you were just. No, that wasn't me. Mm. 
Hmm. I don't remember you wearing shorts. <laughs> it was a while back. That's how much it hurt me. <laughs> how maybe long ago, ago was that? Maybe like maybe like nine months ago or something. Snoop, I'm sorry. No, that's all good. But I was like, I, I, guess I didn't mean to like make my fun shorts. of shorts. No, that's good. What? Why? What? Why is she asking that anyway? Because it's Jorts Night at the at the arena at, oh. at, at Moody Center. Did not know that. Okay, it's a student initiative, I think, from Brock Cunningham. He wants everybody to wear Jorts. All right, Westlake. but I don't own a pair of Jorts. I remember seeing Brock Cunningham play for Westlake and uh, and and Sam. He had just committed, and him and Sam were all buddy buddy. Man, time flies. I think the last time I wore a pair of Jorts, I did Stone Cold Steve Austin one Halloween party in college, and I wore a pair of Jorts. Then I don't. I seriously don't. That probably last. That that was the last time I wore Jorts because my wife is adamant that uh, I not wear Jorts. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that. Uh, okay. uh, see, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cut any jeans and and make George out of female listener number seventeen. Yes. Uh, hey, Snoop, real quick before we hit the break, yeah. is that deer still hanging out on three sixty? Has somebody look. picked it up yet? Let's look real quick. It better be gone, damn it! If it's there, if I drive down there and that thing, because it meant I, I drove by it again at like four p.m. yesterday, and like everybody was looking at it, and it was like these. One is its little leg was broken. It was so sad. Oh man, its little skinny leg was like snapped, and there were like <laughs> flies all over it. Oh, yeah, because it's been there. Uh, no, people, stop texting in. I'm not cutting up jeans. I'm not bringing scissors. I don't oh, want to be yeah, sitting let's on. Do it. I don't want to be sitting on press row and some cutoffs. Yes, we do. I'm already, I'm, I'm already, I'm already enough of a scrub. I don't need to be looking like more of a scrub with some cutoffs. All right, take a break. Come back. Close out this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, Wait. and digital on the Horn app. Did a little misfire. Yeah, there, I thought it was one of those quick throws. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Closing out a Tuesday edition. Tuesday? What's the matter with me? Thursday edition of Light the Tower. Jeff Howe and Snoop Daniel. We were distracted during the break because we were truly trying to do some covert ops, see if the, uh, if the deer was still Aww. out on 360. The, the tree is covering up where he was. But did you? Patrick told you vultures were there? Yeah. That See that? That's, that's too. When vultures show up, it's gone too far. That's, a, that's that's what happens, Snoop. Vultures eat roadkill. They eat dead animals. They're doing the city's job for them. I mean, obviously that they saw it and they're like, "What was it? Dead deer? Ain't nobody gonna come get it. I guess we're gonna go eat." You didn't call three one one yesterday? No, Snoop. I wanted to see how long it stays. And like I said, five o'clock. I saw his broken leg up close and bees and all kinds of things all over Snoop, it. Snoop, you had one job. No, you had one. The vultures took care of it. <laughs> Yeah, they're doing your job for you. How? What do they? Do they? How do they eat it? Pick at the carcass. Oh yeah, I guess. Oh my God, it's so good. Oh, vultures are so nasty. You ever heard that term, vultures picking at the carcass? Yeah. Yeah. It happens, man. Circle, circle of life. It is. Uh, Purple Buffalo's daddy said, "You know where you're from. Jorts are normal attire in Florence. No, sir, that would be uh, it's a little more sophisticated on the good side of FM four eighty seven. Sir. That's why I played 69 Boys, Daisy Dukes. Dave, 
Williams thought it was 95 South, but I told him, no, it was 95 South and 69 boys. They were the number guys, similar styles, but completely different. And, Gerald, you got to hang your jorts to dry. you got to go string up the clothesline from one outhouse to the other and hang them up on the clothesline. Mm-hmm. That's how they dry. Wow. There's nothing wrong with air drying your clothes. We had to do that back in the day, put it on the fence. Uh, Big Mama. I, I got this text, Snoop. It says, Jeff, you should do a baseball card bit one time a week, uh, one time a week at least. That was fun when you did it over the summer. I, I love card talk. It's just we got so much stuff going on during our show. Like we're about to run out of time right now. Yeah. And it's oh, just yeah. not, it's not a lot of time. And anytime we talk fluff on the show, I'd like to talk to Snoop, get Snoop's opinion on dead deer or frogs or McRibs or whatever. So we'll, Licking we'll mix, frogs. We'll mix in some card talk at some point. Uh, don't forget. Tomorrow, we're at Pluckers at the research location. Doors open at 11, but Craig and I will be broadcasting at 10. Show up. Get your name in the hopper for some Texas TCU tickets. You have to be present to win. Drawing is going to be about 1245. Big thank you to Vandegrift head coach Drew Sanders for joining us for his weekly chat. Big thank you to Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, for joining us for his weekly conversation. Stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next for the absent Craig Way for Snoop Daniel. I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow to light the tower on the horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. This is Dallas Cowboys football 2022. Third and one, handoff Pollard coming left.